0: guys welcome to episode 18 of Imani Talks Astrology um I really like this episode um you know I do the the intro then I do the I'm sorry I do the episode then I do the intro y'all know this if you don't know this welcome hey what's up um I'm your host Imani do you like the new artwork for the podcast I I don't care to hear your answer because the thing is I like it. Um and that's why it's there. Um yeah. Um I at the events I've been at I've been handing it out as my um ad for the podcast. So I like it. It looks pretty cool. Um that's going to be the image until I decide it's not the image anymore. Anyway, um I really loved making this episode. It just You know, it's been... I'm happy I've taken a break because it's been very difficult to to record because, like, I don't know what to talk about because nothing has made sense. Very much so affected by the retrograde things, right? And so it's like having to figure out um, how all of the parts and pieces are being put together, not just for my you guys, but for myself. And when I can't do that, it makes it very hard to to be able to speak. And the, the flow of this was perfect. Um, I couldn't have planned um, a better episode. I didn't originally plan on talking about the um, full moon, but hey, it's next week. It's next Friday. Um, I talk about basically the kind of the road and the the things that have paved the way for the full moon, one thing that i if you're you follow me on Twitter, I retweeted this video um that I believe Kiki so awesome she does um palm readings really well um this uh video she had tweeted um about the astrology for the ninth through the fifteenth um and it was kind of talked about as this kind of road or this kind of like critical kind of turning point, which I will kind of touch on not explicitly because I, I watched the video after I did the, the recording um that has kind of served or happened during this week, but also how a lot of this is related to the lunations, um the really big lunations that have happened, namely the eclipses. We do have to remember that the North node in cancer is answering to the moon that being said the moon cycles this year are incredibly potent and incredibly powerful um and are really kind of you know eclipses usually usher in really big monumental change but for us it is definitely again that much more powerful every time the the moon comes in contact with an outer planet every time the moon and this is happening every month right you know, it's really kind of, it's like an echo for years and years to come. So every time that moon touches Chiron and Aries, you know, it's incredible, you know, what that will kind of look like for us as we are, you know, and this is not something I talk about on the podcast, look, basically having a whole nother segment prior to the the actual episode, right? Um, But every time, you know, the moon clips over Chiron, there's like this ouch (laughs) that we feel, um, and this really kind of big, monumental kind of push towards the self. And I talk about the self um, and, and being heart-centered and operating um, in a way that is aligned with our highest good. I talk about that all throughout the episode. And I think the moon, again, And the moon speaks to our ancestry. It speaks to our needs. It Every single time, again, that it passes over one of these... Um, outer planets, it is triggering this kind of, I don't want to say urgency, but like this this kind of this need, there's that word again, um, that has yet to be fulfilled within our life, that we're kind of being called to do over and over and over again in various ways. Um, and it is incredibly beautiful. And it is incredibly powerful. Um, as again, so much of it is related to you know, the kind of core foundational parts of who we are when we look at like the first three signs of, of the Zodiac, right? So it's just very exciting stuff. Um, yeah, there's lots of talk about like love and things like that. So if that bothers you, um, don't listen. <laughs> but um, as I kind of mentioned at the end, and I, I'm i sorry, I didn't mention it hard enough. You know, I've I've been watching this, you know, if you know me, you know that I, i am not only talking to you as a friend, I'm also doing an astrological case study on you as I'm talking to you as well. Um, so it's very interesting to kind of see how the lives of my friends. And again, I've mentioned this before, all of my very close friends are cardinal signs. Um, and those are the folks that are being largely affected by these transits. Of course, they impact all of us, but also kind of think about the meanings of the cardinal directions, right? They're the stakes in the ground. Um, that kind of guide and shift all of the things around it, right? Everything is kind of centered around those those four very kind of critical and important points. Um, that, that being said, when something is happening to the cardinal signs it is, or in a cardinal sign, it greatly impacts the foundation of per- particular areas of our life. And that's what's really changing and shifting right now with lots of this stuff that's happening with the the North and the South Node, um, with uh, what's it called? Um, With Pluto and Saturn, and again with Chiron, and of course with this full moon cycle that is happening right now. So, again, it's very exciting stuff. Um, please listen all the way to the end. I know it's a lot, but I have a really great and awesome announcement that has been kind of in the making for the last couple of months. And I'm extremely excited that this is the podcast episode in which I am able to talk about it. And you'll see when you listen. i still not doing personal readings in the month of April unless you had already previously booked a reading for me. And if that is the case, I am very behind and I do know that and I do apologize And we'll get those things out as soon as possible. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Hello. A long time. No speak. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? what is Imani? Duh. Welcome back to another episode of Imani Talks Astrology. It's definitely been a while. It's been about what half a month? Um, Maybe even a little longer than that. Let me see. The last episode I did was, can Pisces season be over already? We're literally halfway through Aries season. But hey, I did say I would be back before the end of Aries season. And so a bitch is here. Hey, what's up? Um, you know, I am happy that I took this break. Um, I do apologize to people I've been trying to do personal readings for. Like, I just, I, I haven't been there. I haven't been able to do them. Um, I've done a couple of events um, over the past few weekends. They went pretty well. Um, But generally speaking, it's just been very difficult to, again, be able to do this work. I've been in such a a transition period in my own personal life um, that's made it hard to kind of pick up on what that looks like for other people even though I think I've done a pretty decent job of it but I haven't really wanted to um for a a, a lots of reasons we could we could go on and on again transitions in life um imposter syndrome if we're being honest um this Aries season has just really fucked with me Um, this retrograde has really fucked with me. And I feel like a lot of people feel that way. We're still not out of the shadow period. That's not until Monday. Um, right now the moon is in cancer and we're at the first quarter moon as we're making our way up to the full moon next Friday. Wow. Um, and it's a second full moon in Libra what's the fuck and the first one was at zero degrees Aries uh, zero degrees um, Libra and this one is at 29 degrees literally at the beginning and the end this yo I don't fucking know what type of shit that spirit is on right now but yo I, I know that people personally feel it as well as just see it all around them I have been in my feelings. Like, I don't think y'all understand. Like, I have a lot of Pisces in my chart, so I'm naturally a, just a genuinely very sensitive person. Um, and it's all opposite my Virgo moon, right? So I'm just like, hey, you know, anal retentive. Um, <laughs> but, like, I could not take this. This has just been so much, you know, especially who when we got into the the final degree of that retrograde bitch that shit fucked me up like you wouldn't even believe because in that moment it's when it activated my moon as well as like my pisces stellium. sorry to make this so much about myself I promise it, it won't be much longer than 15 minutes um just would like to catch you up right since you listen <laughs> um and maybe you will resonate with some of the things that I say um, everything you know people have said again being the person who not only does the astrology things but like listens to other people and their things that they have to say about astrology they're like don't make any like everything is going to change everything is going to change everything is going to change I'm like bro shut the fuck up like I don't care like what the fuck are you talking about everything has changed completely and I it has me all the way fucked up like i am st- i how <laughs> you know like all of the things that i just thought i was super sure about everything that i thought that i wanted nope you're wrong actually it's this um and it's i've all i've had the inkling of the things you know no one has came back i've been the mercury retrograde ghost i am so sorry if you're listening to this and you probably are you know don't tell people that you date that you have a podcast because or have dated that you have a podcast because they will listen to it um just an fyi for people that was no shade it was just a fact anyway um i've been the the ghost i ran into so many people I know this was so long ago, you're like, why is she still talking about Mercury Because bitch, it's not over yet. We still have <laughs> until next week. And it and it, I promise I'm like laying the foundation for the rest of our conversation that we'll have. <clears throat> Whew. Um and you know, oh, okay, yeah. There we go. I, I will bring it together. I was just thinking how I was gonna bring it together. Um I just what was the fuck was I even saying? Oh my God. Yeah, but, you know, I ran into so many people from my past, like, and in the most, like, positive and beautiful ways as well, you know? It has been a time, not just for me, but for all of us, given the fact that this retrograde was in Pisces, for us to all really... Think about cycles, especially related to childhood, because that that Mercury aspect of things, um, all of the the things that the stories, mm, yeah, um, all of the stories that we once resonated with so strongly, and the way that we had really kind of painted a picture, and very a very much so distorted picture. Of what our past was like and what those people were like. Um, And being able to take a second look and really be able to see how all of those things are a culmination of who we are today, right? And being able to understand that. Um, Understanding our, again, our relationship with our past um, and our relationship with the parts of ourselves that seem so mysterious and so elusive and in a way parts of ourselves that we I keep saying parts of ourselves, I'm so sorry um, that we we had it wrong Um, or we had someone wrong or we had something wrong, you know what I mean and this is on a societal level as we're, you know, looking at our attitudes about one another but again, also our attitudes about like our family and who we are and just seeing how wrong it was. And that can be a very emotional experience, right? And, and that is kind of what I've had to contend with in myself and really having to take a a step back and really like reevaluating and looking at, um, relationships of all types, whether it be familial friendships, um, romantic relationships as well, and being able to see and, Find the pieces that that made sense and the ones that did not, and with Venus now in Pisces, kind of crossing over, tracing its steps through all of the degrees that we just had this retrograde in. It's being able to take that analysis and look at it, you know, through a very again through the lens of our relationships. Um, and, and then in this way, I'm, I'm talking about re- romantic relationships, right? And it's very interesting because it's like, let's close out or end all of the cycles, the ideas, ideas and things that are very much so formulated around, um, our childhood, you know, formulated around societal expectations. And this is something that I've seen in so many videos that I've watched, um, on YouTube lately. Um, Specifically, they were talking about like twin flames and like soulmate relationships and stuff like that. However, I feel like this is something that we can apply across the board because generally speaking, I feel like we all can kind of relate to society (laughs) as well as um, uh, our family and our past really kind of um, painting the picture and really defining the attitudes that we take on about people, whether it be racially, whether it be in gen, you know, all of all of the the isms and all of the categories and intersections of our identity. And then being able to kind of take that very macro idea. And Venus has asked us to kind of shrink it down and really look at it through the the perspective of our romantic relationships. And that will be over um, next week um, on the 20th as Venus enters Aries. Going to be interesting, and so with the this moon energy again, the moon cycles that we're looking at being Venus ruled. It's very interesting that we have to dare I say contend um, with the this kind of new and fresh perspective that the the Venus tracing the steps of of, of Mercury has kind of given us um, and said, hey, you had it all wrong. Uh, Maybe not all wrong, but parts of it were wrong, right? So like, what is it that you want? Um, What is it that you really value in terms of yourself? Um, What is it that you really value in terms of the relationships um, what things are standing in the way of you being able to have that? And in many ways, there are things that are very kind of, very like rigid expectations um, and ideas of what we have about what our love life's Um, and our interpersonal relationships, those one-on-one relationships that Libra speaks to, right? Um, Really being called to examine what rules um, that we've created that are extremely arbitrary and don't really serve a purpose anymore. Yeah. Um, All of this let me look. I, I could be wrong, but I think that we have a grand... Um, at least a... Ooh, what is it called? Ooh, girl. Hold on one second. A... I'm looking at the chart. A... Yes, we do. We have a T-square right now with the south node the north node oh woo y'all i feel this um with the south node in capricorn with pluto and saturn conjunct and the north node in capricorn um which is conjunct the moon and we are really kind of oh wow this is beautiful um as you know the the south the north node in cancer is answering to the moon so for the moon to be in cancer right and then the south node in capricorn is answering to saturn and for saturn to be in capricorn and all of that energy being directed right at my timing is just amazing Ooh, look at me um directed at this really big kind of pressure point towards the the sun right now the ex- sun that is exalted in the sign aries right exalted meaning um that it just works really really well there the the sign matches the function of the planet very very well and so with all of this energy kind of being for pushed towards us where we're really kind of torn between this place where we are being asked to go towards what nurtures us to go towards what feeds us um to go towards what we feel um to go towards intuition to shy away from structure and again those rigid ideas that we have about relationships and how they're supposed to what they're supposed to look like and in some ways very limiting um and kind of oppressive and controlling ideas that we have about what relationships should look like that's that pluto aspect that's there and we're asked to let go of all of that and you know this month has been extremely intense, you know. What's been one thing after a fucking other, you know, um, where we've had both Saturn and Pluto having that conjunction to the South Node, and us just being torn and or not torn, but like really pulled deeply into this place where we're just asked to release 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 and it's like how much more can you squeeze out of me right now um and it's like all of this is again so that we can redirect ourselves towards the place in which we're able to we're supposed to be which is a very heart centered place right um the sun is ego um but we also cannot forget that the sun rules the heart as well um, and then when we are operating from a heart centered self and we are able to redefine again, what love, um, is, is to look like and what it, it is able to kind of manifest, uh, the way that it is able to manifest in a way that does not incorporate ego in a way that is very, in a way, impulsive, um, and in a way that is very, you know, thinking, is an afterthought, right? It's, I'm going into this direction because that is what I am being called to do. And as I've mentioned before, when we face the issue of the T-square, we are called to go to the opposite side, um, the opposite sign, which is Libra, right? Um, And go towards Venus. And so... There is nothing in Libra at this time. So we can kind of look and see what this, the planet Venus is doing. And the planet Venus is, of course, as I just said, exalted in the sign of Pisces. Um, and it is ex- exalted there because the way that Pisces looks at love, it is boundless. There are no limitations. Um, the arbitrary rules of the, the 3D realm or of the physical world do not apply You know what I mean? And so in lots of ways, that has us kind of doing and looking after things that just don't really make sense. You know, I see why people have been so called to to do so many kind of like twin flame readings or we see this like element of like divine uh, masculine and divine feminine and like um, life partnerships and like really like serious relationships, you know, Um, or even that idea of what that looks like for people popping up so frequently because this energy is in the sky and because it's been you know in a way kind of like ruining um and like escalating since the beginning of Aries season and when you think about it when we are to again go towards that heart-centered place and this is not even to talk about it in terms of relationships but in terms of being the self in terms of operating um in a way that is in accordance with your highest self And in a way that is in accordance with what you're called to do, um, it is. it would only make sense that we are being asked to strip so much of ourselves away to be able to get there, right? And to to really kind of surrender to love um, and surrender to all of the things that don't make sense, to be able to move into that direction. And, you know, (laughs) it's a lot you know um and it it's really insane I the week of my birthday um I or even the week before like I had a a a discussion discussion is a very I'm using that word very loosely um with a, a friend and I was like you know like Last year, um in, in February, I had this moment in which oh my god, it was insane, in which I was able to and I'm gonna steer away from astrology in a in a, a bit of a way, but I promise it does make sense and does align with exactly what I was just talking about. I experienced this moment in which I was able to feel what it was like for my heart chakra to be completely open that that shit was blown the fuck open in in a way that I I can't even really describe um what the feeling is and, and and was but it was extremely intense um and I have found over this last year um that I have not ever been able to get back to that place and I've kind of, you know, I've went back and forth in my mind of like, you know, how can, you know, one's heart be so open and then it just kind of close up in a, um, and and close up, right? And it, and it seems like it's been an incremental process in which it has just become dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. And there are moments in which it doesn't feel that way, but more often than not, it, it feels closed, right? And so, you know, I have kind of was you know in just kind of talking to her I'm like I don't fucking get it like I what am I not doing like why would it my heart be open like I feel like my like what what else am I not do? like what am I not doing like I'm, I'm doing fucking everything I'm I'm trying to be fucking grateful I'm this I'm that you know it was a very again ego-based kind of conversation she was just like you know do, do you hear yourself right now and I'm like bro whatever you know Um, on, during my birthday, again, going back to that idea of like being the ghost, um, (laughs) the mercury retrograde ghost that, that pops up, it was something that I had kind of went back and forth with. Here I am exposing myself. I don't care. This is for the sake of educating people. (laughs) Um, I'd kind of went back and forth in my mind about like, ah, should I reach out to this person? Should I not? Eh, eh, eh." I don't think so. Eh. Yeah. I'm gonna do it anyway. You know? And I started to feel the most intense pain of my entire life. It Like my heart was hurting so bad and it made no sense to me. It literally had came out of nowhere, this really just intense pain. And it like, it was so sharp. It was like someone had took like a, you know, like an apple core and like, stuck it through the back, uh, through my back and like ripped out my heart. And like <laughs> the space that would usually have my heart is usually, is just like a space of pain. And I'm just like, oh my fucking God. And it lasted for days. Um, and like the pain, like it was like across my back and I could feel it in my neck and it just would not go away. It was the exact opposite of that same feeling, again, that I had described of like the having a very open heart um, to having a very closed off um, heart. And I couldn't for the life of me, you know, understand why it just didn't make any type of sense to me at all. And since then, um, it's, again, going back to that idea of like, you know, with mercury retrograde don't make any decisions about anything and of course i've decided that i want to make the decisions when mercury is conjunct neptune so intelligent right um I, for those who do not know neptune of course rules illusions um and uh wishful thinking all that really just annoying um seven of cups type shit right sorry to use more um more metaphors that might confuse you further but i think you get the point Hold on one second. I'm eating pho. It's so good. Oh, shit. Don't even get me started talking about pho. <clears throat> the real ones know. <laughs> We're listening. <laughs> the real ones know. 9.32. <clears throat> anyway. So, um... That was very ego-based. Let me stop. Um, So, like, I... have been in this in this place where you know I've personally been kind of asked to to name um the things that need to to disappear um and really to to identify some of the paradigms and structures in my own particular life um that are very limiting and that need to be drawn away And it's very interesting because all of this came at a time where I just started a new job. I'm very happy at my new job. But it didn't feel like it was enough, you know. Um, And and it wasn't enough because there was so much more internal work that needed to be done and a recognition of things that I need to change and and get rid of um, on a physical level, of course, to make room for the, the, the blessings that are slowly just waiting for me to get my fucking life right and it you know it's just so again this this pressure um and this tension and this stress that is is being put on the self that all of us feel intensely right now um that will continue to kind of come into question next week when we have another T square, oh my god, on the day of the hold on, I'm just pulling up time passages. Um, on the day of that full moon, yeah, and so next week things are gonna get uh really intense. Um tourist season starts next week. Couldn't see that kind of happening. Um I what else? Mercury is entering Aries, so people are about to get really aggy. Um you know, I, I think all of the things and truths that we've kind of discovered, you know, you guys that's fine. Let's try not to like yell them at each other. You know, let's try not to argue with people. Let's try not to get or take things really personal. You know, the thing is that I notice about Aries speaking from personal experience, when there is um, a learning curve or a place in terms in which um, Aries comes into self-awareness, there is a defensiveness um, that is kind of had about the information that is kind of learned um, or the things that they have understood. Um, and it leads to that, that space in which they take things personally because they don't understand that people can't necessarily see or intuit, you know, the same way that they can. Um, and it, and it makes room to get or become very frustrated or to feel like people are trying to minimize the personal work that you do. And it's very easy to take that out on other people. I'm encouraging you not to do that. Um, in addition to that, we also have the, um, Mercury, no, Venus, again, going into Aries, very, very different energy than Venus in, in Pisces. Um, as I mentioned last year in my newsletter, it's like, um, the energy goes from like, oh my God, I love you to infinity and beyond you beautiful boundless creature to like, yo, let's fuck. You know what I mean? Um, and those are two very different energies. Remember that, um, Venus is, uh, in detriment. Is that the word? Yes. Detriment in Aries. Um, the opposite side, of course, Libra being the sign that traditionally works better with the, um, Venusian energy. Um Aries is naturally ruled by Mars. Um and so there is a tendency to fight, um, to compete for love, um, where, you know, you or to assert yourself for love. Where as we know, the Venusian energy it speaks for itself. It's not sexual, it's sensual. It's like, hey bitch, I'm here. I'm hot. What you finna do with that? You know what I mean? Aries is like, give me attention, you know. And so like ugh, as someone with like Venus and Aries, kind of, (laughs) it's very frustrating, trust me. Um, But it's like having to kind of contend with that energy. But in a way, I feel like it is a very positive um, for the fact that it is about, you know, saying, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, what is it that we're willing to do? And what are we willing to kind of let, to let go of? Um, in order to bring love into our lives in a, in a way that again is aligned with the self and is aligned with, you know, and is very kind of heart centered and very raw. You know what I mean? I think in a way we'll be kind of called to like, look at that, um, and explore that for ourselves, which is very exciting. But again, do kind of understand that there are limitations to the Venus in Aries energy that we might feel, or that might kind of get in the way. Let's look at the Chandra symbol for the new moon. I'm sorry, full moon. And yeah, we had a full moon. Was that last week? Yeah, last Friday. All these fry Ooh, oh, okay. One thing that I've noticed- Oh, shit. (coughs) It's spicy. My God, um, these moons happening on Friday, which is Freya's day, which is Venus day. Um, so we're having that full moon in um, in um, that full moon in, in Libra on the day of Venus. Um, So definitely very much so, again, related to love. So if you do have, you know, if you don't usually do a a full moon ritual, I definitely encourage you to do a full moon ritual next week. Very, very potent um, full moon. And I will also check, um, let me just check the hour too because there might be a particular hour in which you should do that so if for those who don't know um, too much about astrological magic right you can utilize the, the 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 lord of the day right so each day of the week is of course um, associated with a particular planet and therefore associated with particular signs monday moon right um tuesday um mars wednesday is mercury i believe thursday thursday jupiter friday venus saturday saturn sunday it speaks for itself um full moon april ninth. full moon oh it's a pink moon oh that's so cute what the fuck does that even mean I should probably know that, but I don't who cares anyway it's at twenty nine degrees it is op- opposite Uranus that'll make no oh, okay well, it is um not by um, side but by a degree, and we can even explore that a bit, so you guys can expect. Um, some very kind of radical shifts um, and changes and unexpected things kind of happening. Um, I'm trying to find this paper that tells you what's the mix of the energies of particular elements Are like, is that it? Nope. I may not find it. I also might just look at an article really quickly. I'm sorry that I'm kind of all over this. I'm an Aries, y'all. You already know what the fuck it is. Um, Have I lost this paper? Jesus, be offense. It's fine. I'm just going to look up an article really quickly. So, yeah. So it is opposite Uranus um which is in um what's it called uh Taurus and you there it is to remember that the the purpose or what it wants or what the 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 sudden changes or the erratic behavior <laughs> because the moon is involved it is deeply related to to want the what the want is it's freedom what the want is is enlightenment what the want is is progression what the want is is independence for that reason it can be expressed in ways that may not be like conducive to that actually happening right it's very difficult you know when you're in the moment and you and you feel something it's very difficult sometimes to pinpoint what that need Moon, where that need is coming from and what need has to be fulfilled um and with the mix of let me look at so Alice Sparkly Cat so awesome has this really amazing article on their blog where they talk about the mixtures of the um what are those things called the elements let me look at fire and earth. Ooh, the picture is like a misty mountain. I love it. The sign combo is like looking at a mountain from afar. It is the horizon. There's a lot of air and there's a lot of earth. These are elements that are much more meaningful when appreciated from far away. Unlike water and fire, which can only be experienced from up close, this combo has a lot of perspective. Think of a landscape painting and why we paint it in that way. It is a scene that is about pondering big ideas. A landscape painting creates vantage, space, and time. There's a lot of room to spare in this combo. Earth and air people are not interested in laying out blame. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is intense. Um, Earth and air people are not interested in laying out blame or bearing tight personal grudges. They're big and spacious. They're much more broad and interested in much more interested in broad historical trends. When they talk about the future, they're not talking about tomorrow or even five years from now, but what kinds of time traveling leaps the entirety of humanity will go through based on technological advances. If you look at a mountain from a distance, you can feel secure in terms of understanding how it is built. The lay of the land gives a sense of permanence even as the winds whip past. Earth and air people give a sense of bigness because you feel that you trust they'll be where they say they'll be, despite all that far away pondering. In actuality, air does not move earth, but it does so through persistent motion, not spontaneous thought. Earth and air people are like the wind patterns on a stone. They have a pattern. And when they're busy trying to figure out the patterns of the large world that we live inside. Beautiful. Going back to that idea of how that relates to us being called to again move towards the self, move in a very heart centered way, to choose love, right? In that way, we have to think about things from a very big picture. What is the purpose? What will allow freedom? What will allow enlightenment? What will allow independence? What will uh, allow uh, a more profound understanding of the world, of humanity? Um, and what it needs which is love right um, and so we're kind of being called to, that's a really big question right and it's like we're being kind of called to look at that on a personal level right and like looking at in our relationships some of the disputes and ways in which we're torn in terms of like uh, this is what I'm not willing to do within my relationship and this is not what I you know I'm not going to do that and I don't usually do you know and it's like let's kind of strip the layers back and look at the why and see if that is even really something that matters in the the grander scheme of things, right? And nine times out of 10, the answer is no. It's really interesting because I can already think about this in terms of like a particular friend that I have. Um, and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this this uh the the a decision they're making regarding a particular relationship that they have, um and I can definitely kind of see that again that same element with myself as well that same element of, well I'm not gonna do this but it's like okay but in the larger scheme of things like, what is important what's important is love like are you gonna choose that or are you going to, let these again arbitrary structures and very limiting and controlling kind of ideas of what and how love should be expressed or what a relationship should look like. Are you gonna let those things impede on you being able to have love, you know? Um, and so being able to kind of think through that for ourselves, you know, and be very, uh, you know, coming into, you know, those those Uranian aha moments where it's like, ah, this is the truth. Um, To to add to that, since there is that opposition that exists between Uranus and Libra, there also is a um, conjunction between the the sun in Aries at 29 degrees and Uranus in Taurus, which is at, I believe, either one or two degrees. I don't want to be incorrect about that. Let me double check just to be sure it's at one degree. Oh yeah. It's a very tight conjunction. Um, and so with, there is a power, um, that is, um, a power and a kind of, um, very kind of robust energy when earth and fire join one another. And again, when we're being called to go towards the self and go towards independence, and it's not even to go towards self in a a very, ego centered, very, um, earth kind of driven way. It is very much so again, from the perspective of the higher self and what we're being called to do that is heart centered and does not operate from ego and does not operate again from things that are very much so 3d world ideas of like about relationships and what they should and should not look like. 3d world ideas of like, not world three plane, whatever the fuck y'all understand what I'm saying, um, about what a relationship should look like. And, and, you know, and so again, being called to, to do that, um, even the relationship with self, if you don't resonate with this in terms of your outward relationships with people, but, um, also, you know, the relationship with the self, the relationship with the self-esteem, Um, and your own personal value system and making sure that your value system ultimately is aligned with your highest self and your highest good. Um, We also need to keep in mind that Uranus and Taurus is also answering to the planet Venus as well. Taurus is ruled by Venus. So this is a very kind of Venusian cycle that we're going through. And all of this is happening while um, Venus is teetering at the edge of Pisces in at 29 degrees. This is an, an incredibly just an in, intense, um, uh, transit, um, that's happening at this time. Uh, it, y- you know, uh, let's see, what else was I looking at? And it's happening. Can you tell me what time? This is all at 7, seven twelve a.m., Mm-mm. Yeah. With the square to Pluto. But we already knew that. Um what else is in the way? Sorry, I'm like looking at the chart. It's quite fascinating. Um, yeah. And that will be at seven twelve. Let me look at astrological hours. Let me tell you times that you should do your ritual. Oh, planetary hours. That's what they're called. So in terms of the times that you can... Or should. And mind you, I'm talking Eastern Standard Time. In the United States. Girl. I should have done this earlier. Y'all know I don't be planning shit. So don't. Don't be getting mad at me. Okay. Let's look. Ooh, yo, this is crazy. So at the hour of the full moon, it is the ruler of the day is Venus and the ruler of the hour is Venus. Wake your ass up at 7:12 Eastern Standard Time and do your motherfucking full moon ritual. I am not playing with you, hoes. I am not. Do it. Do it. It's extremely powerful. And on the on the opposite side you can also do it at um in the evening at the same time. So you don't, <laughs> anyway, you can also do it um in the evening as well. Is twenty one? Yeah. And it's about an hour long. You have time. Um twenty one is sixteen is four o'clock. Seventeen is five. I don't know you, y'all do the math. I'm not a mathematician. Fourteen o'clock, whatever the fourteen fourteen, I believe that is three o'clock is also another hour of Venus. Um, so four, five, I'm sorry, what is that? Two, two o'clock. Yes, two fourteen to three nineteen. Eastern Standard Time is also an hour of Venus. Great time for you to do your motherfucking ritual. And then twelve uh twenty-one, which I actually think is nine o'clock. Yes, yeah, so nine thirty-three um to ten twenty-six. There you go. See, I figured it out. I'm sorry that you had to, to listen to that struggle. Let's go ahead and look at this Chandra symbol. So I guess this is all about the um this is so annoying this is became a a full moon um podcast episode yeah I mean it doesn't hurt to prepare um (laughs) I didn't know what this episode was gonna be about to be quite honest I was like let me just start rambling and talking and then the pieces just kind of fell together um which is usually what happens anyway so I don't even know why I was stressed um is that it that is not the astrological mandala. Um, oh, an astrological mandala by Dane Rudyar, my Aries Sun, Mercury, and Pisces King. I stand. I stand. Okay, that is where I get my Chandra symbol information from. I'm going to read 30 degrees Libra, which, as you know, is zero degrees Scorpio, if you didn't know. Um, cool. Ooh. Phase 210, Libra at 30 degrees. Three mounds of knowledge on a philosopher's head. Ooh, y'all ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the synchronicity? You ready? The fulfillment of man's power of understanding at whatever level of existence the person operates. A true philosopher is a man who is able to understand, not merely know the processes of life as he comes to experience them directly. He is the man of wisdom difference indeed from the man of science for while there must be knowledge before understanding knowledge alone can be both barren and destructive of wisdom this particular symbol refers to the course of to of course to phrenology, which is usually considered a pseudoscience, but may provide significant indications. Number three always indicates a state of completion. The symbol implies a fulfillment of philosophical understanding, which obviously has nothing to do with academic degrees of the writing of, or the writing of successful treatises on abstract concepts. The fifth stage symbol in the last of the Libra series Understanding and wisdom develop in terms of the life of community and through experience provided by interpersonal and group relationships. Cultural factors are always involved, even though true wisdom transcends cultural values and is rooted in the essential nature of man. What is at stake here is a holistic approach to knowledge based on universals. I think I channeled my message pretty well today. Um, and I think you would probably agree as well. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to let you connect the dots, even though I feel like that summarized everything relatively perfectly. Actually, let's do something cool. Let's pull a... If I can find them. Um, Sacred Rebel Oracle Deck Card. That will be the last thing that I do today. Um, thank you, Kayla, for sending me this beautiful deck. Um, oh and this deck that I could not... oh, it is right here. I feel like two cards are missing from it, though, because I pulled two cards the other day. Um, and it wouldn't be complete if those cards were not there. right? right where did i put them we're not gonna worry about that um we all gonna get the message I all need to get um and of course if you want to look at the card it will be ooh, and the number on the card is guess what what is the number the number is three isn't that beautiful Oh, those other cards that were missing were in the the booklet, which of course was not in the box because my apartment is chaotic as fuck right now. Oh, that's another thing. I like moved everything in my apartment around because it was feeling mad stagnant. Um, And so it's really great to walk into my apartment and be very confused about the way that it looks because I'm not used to it. Okay. Three, inspiration. I'm not going to read all of this. I'm probably going to read all of this and I'm going to read it quickly. An idea. mm, Remember when we were talking about Uranus and sudden flashes of insight and aha moments. Okay. Anyway, an idea has captured your attention or will do so very soon. It may be a grand vision or the vague sense of something that could be. You're being encouraged to accept the vision. The idea or the inspiration as it is, is important to your creative and spiritual growth. Also, it is possible. The bee is bringing you healing, medicine, wisdom from nature to aid the message of the Oracle of Inspiration. The bee is a powerful spirit totem. Bees are able to fly with wings that are significantly small in proportion to their heavier bodies. They can do so because of the sheer speed with which their wings move. Your idea, even if it seems like a big, substantial plan that might be difficult to get off the ground, and up and running can succeed. You will attract great helpers to you and the earth will support the success of this project, idea, or vision because it is about helping the greater good as well as your own growth and development. When the earth mother lends you nature wisdom to support your healing and growth, you know you have an exceptional, power, exceptionally powerful ally to call, to your cause. Let this bring you confidence if you have also drawn the after the storm card which i drew for myself a couple of days ago woo the ghetto <laughs> consider this message amplified Allow inspiration to fill you with enthusiasm and expectation of magic and marvelous synchronicity as people, situations, and opportunities fall into place to help you bring your inspiration into reality. This idea has the potential to flower into so much more than you realize. It has great potential. It can become something that feeds and nourishes others on their creative and personal healing paths too. It has the quality of a mission and is so much more than one singular idea. When an inspiration comes from the greater creative intelligence of the universe, even when it makes itself known as an idea coming from, coming through a human source, all that is needed to bring it into being will be available at the right time. For the human channel of the idea, it is just a matter of being open, receptive, trusting, and enthusiastic about what has come through. Everything required for each step will be naturally attracted to the support and the success of the project according to the divine timing. The healing process below will help you manifest the support needed for your inspiration to take flight. This oracle also comes with the message that you are a vehicle for inspiration. Y'all, look. You are meant to think and do things differently. What did I say? You are capable of receiving fresh ideas that are not so out there or different that they stop being practical, helpful, and wonderful. You are being asked to avoid the trap of doubting your ideas. Your ideas are special or interesting enough. Your inspiration comes direct from the universal creative source, and you are being asked to believe and recognize the signature of great intelligence within your inspirational ideas and creative urges. And to act accordingly, to sum up, this card indicates the sweet success, like abundant honey, is coming your way through your commitment to and development of an idea that you have already had or will soon receive. See it through to the end. Believe, and it says like be like the animal. Like the the insect, which is really just corny as fuck, well, but it's also really cute. Anyway, there are beads all bees, <laughs> all over the cards, and they're coming towards this woman's hair, which is full of flowers, and it is beautiful, and she looks a little shook and surprised. Also, I think it is worth mentioning that the page in which the card was on was page 33. So all of these threes, um, not only pointing to that creative force and that creative drive, um, and that really just that surge of both creative and sexual energy that kind of comes from, um, Aries season, of course, um, and, and spring, of course, being a time of great fertility, but also to the, the Venusian element of things, right? The, the number that resonates with Venus, of course, is three creativity we see it on the empress card which is the third card in the the um the tarot uh, deck right and so it just in in so many ways you guys um whether this again is related to relationships i know for some people this is related to like your calling and the direction in which you're being kind of asked to go in and for some people it's through a space of love um of in being in union with someone else for others it's being in union within yourself um being um aligned with a particular career path or a path in general that you're being kind of called to go down and although we may feel this immense amount of pressure as we are being pushed into that direction it's okay and we're going to be okay and we can trust that we will make the right decisions and we will can trust that the decisions that we are are making or the insights that are kind of coming to us are divinely guided um and that we do have the the our spirit guides the god our ancestors are all kind of cheering us on in the in terms of like whatever these changes that we're making and this is not only for ourselves but when you think about you know I speak a lot about it, it, it about being you doing what you need to do for the world right and that ripple effect that that has for us all collectively when we're able to kind of step into our truth that's the rest i'm gonna say about that um feel free to follow me on twitter um or instagram uh you woman you is the handle um news can i should i tell i'm gonna tell this news now um i will be doing a workshop um funny and, and oddly enough about venus um and relationships and how our relationships are a mirror of our what self-esteem and our what value systems bam um we're going to be talking about our birth charts um in depth and kind of like looking through aspects and in some instances um, house placement and stuff like that and how that impacts the way that Venus shows up for ourselves and ultimately impacts how we feel about ourselves and how that, um, talks about how we show up in our relationships and how people show up in our relationships as well. And again, how that is a mirror of something that's kind of going on internally, um, and steps that we can kind of take, um, to really kind of make those great and amazing transformations within ourselves that really resonates and really kind of goes along with the messages of today's, um, um, podcast episode in a way that I, that has me completely shook. Um, so I will be doing this workshop at Catharsis on the Mall, um, on the weekend, uh, the first weekend of May. I'm so fucking excited. Um, my first time going to Catharsis catharsis was last November, um, and it was cold, um, but it was fun to be up and to just be in a space full of just so much really great and amazing energy. It's kind of like the DC very kind of small equivalent to like a Burning Man. And so it will be a really d- dope awesome kind of um moment in which we're able to write all of the things that we want to leave behind on this um giant um wooden structure that will be burned um towards the end of the the celebration and there's like nonstop just like you know, partying and fun, intentional fun that's being had. And it's just amazing. If you could come to DC to like go to it, I definitely would encourage you to. It's fun, especially if you're on the East Coast. It's a weekend trip, bruh. You know, it's fun. It's exciting. I'm so excited. I will give more specifics on where the workshop will be um, and the, the time that it will be because um, there are many kinds of um, theme camps that are throughout the, the area and I'm still kind of finalizing some of those small details but I definitely will be doing the workshop. I will likely bring the workshop into the online platform um, maybe in form of a webinar or something like that so that everyone can kind of have access to it. Um, I'm thinking of doing a lot kind of steering away from personal readings for a while um it has been extremely difficult to do them for some odd reason um but I'm definitely kind of feel again kind of called to do more kind of collective things and still be able to assist on that very personal level in a different way all right we're just under an hour um thank you so much for listening um and coming back to this podcast even though I have been MIA for weeks it was just time that I needed for myself I'm pretty sure y'all understand that Um, thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you soon. Have a great full moon. Enjoy the rest of Aries season if you can. Um, again, be easy on yourself, drink lots of water, sleep a lot, exercise, get moving. That's another thing. So much of the, the energy that we're feeling or the, the way in which we kind of feel torn and confused is because there's so much kind of energy laying dormant within us that needs to get active it's Aries season it's time to move all right so if you aren't moving enough move okay even if you got to move everything in your apartment rearrange everything um just going for a walk whatever you can do go dancing you know just get your heart rate up um it's Aries season all right thank you and I hope you enjoyed this podcast